God is good, and all the time, God is good. You know, as I was sitting there thinking about the hymns, that, many of the hymns that we are going to sing here in a little bit, as you pick out the hymns that speak to your heart, those hymns were written by people who in the process of their lives, the process of their faith journey, is something that happened to them and how their faith endured through it. And it was a process. So if I had to title this mini-sermon, which I didn't, it would be the process. It's about the process of our faith, the process of our journey and our walk with the Lord. But let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do praise you and magnify you for the opportunity to come into your house to praise you, to worship you, to learn about you, Lord, to open your word and to gain understanding, to come and fellowship with one another and encourage one another. We thank you, Father. Thank you for that blessing, Father, and help us never to take that for granted. Father, we thank you for your holy presence here today. We know that your Spirit is upon us, and I pray, Father, that as we, as we enter into the, the time of the hymn sing and this lifting our hearts and our voices to you, Father, that it would be a pleasing, pleasing sound unto your ears, Father God. I pray that you would be exalted, that your name would be lifted high today, Father. Lord, may we be every day be encouraged to lift up your name and to lift our voices to you, Father, to offer you our whole life, our whole being. Father, as we sang in that chorus, may we give it all to you, Father. We know that you desire that. Father, I pray that each of us would grow more intimate with thee, Father, grow closer to thee each and every day for your glory and your honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read to you from Mark chapter 6, only verses 45 through 50. And I'm actually going to read the King James Version. It will not be there, so if you have your Bibles, I'll give you a moment to open up to Mark chapter 6, verse 45 through 50. So I'll give you a moment. Usually it's right up there and I can jump right into it. So we're going to back to the old-fashioned way this morning. You've got to take out your Bible. You'll have to take out your hymnal a little bit. Chapter 6, verse 45 through 50. I should have given you that first and then prayed, right? Okay. King James Version. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida. While he sent, them, sent away the people, and when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed, them, passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled, and immediately... He talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Constrained, as it's used here in this passage, means forced. So basically, he forced them to get into the boat. They probably didn't want to go. No, Lord, we want to stay here with you. You know, they, we want to stay here, we don't want to go. But he kind of had to force them or, you know... Get in the boat, I'm telling you, go to the other side. Go to the Bethsaida. And so he sent them away. There's a, there's a great lesson to be learned here. Oswald Chambers says of this passage, 
that we mankind are apt to think that if Jesus constrains us to do something, forces us to do something, if we obey, that it will lead to great success, right? I mean, Lord, if the Lord's going to force me to go to Africa as a missionary, it should lead to great success, right? If He's going to force them to go to Bethsaida, it should lead to great success, right? We are, you know, we humans are goal-oriented, are we not? I mean, especially when we're younger. We're goal-oriented. You know, we, we have this goal that we want to be married by a certain age. We have this goal we want to have children by a certain age. We want to buy home. We want to have that home paid off. We set that goal. You know, in the workplace, we set goals. Sometimes we want to climb that corporate ladder. We set goals. We have so many goals that we can set. And sometimes they're very lofty. You notice I used the word certain a couple times in here? Well, guess what, friends? There's a lot of uncertainty in life, isn't there? There's a lot of uncertainty that comes along that we may not reach that goal. Especially in the time that we think we would, should have reached that goal. James 4, 13 through 16, says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So the error in attempting to set goals, you know, even if our goals are our goals in our faith, or in our faith walk, is that we're looking at an end result. The disciples shouldn't have been looking at an end result. Maybe they weren't, but if they were looking at an end result, if they were looking at success, that may have been an error. I need to back up and prior to Jesus constraining them to get in the boat, we need to know what happened. So it was the feeding of the 5,000, but right before the feeding of the 5,000 is where Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. You all know that. He sent them out two by two. He empowered them with the Holy Spirit. They, he told them, when you leave a city, if they do not accept you, knock the dust off your feet against them when you leave. And stay in the house where you are accepted when you first enter. And they were able to preach the Word. Many were saved. They were able to cast out demons. They, they were encouraged. They had great success. Right? They had great success. They come back and tell Jesus all that they had done, of course, through His power. Then what happens? The people fled. They, they actually had went off to a deserted place. When they came back, they went right off to a deserted place, but all the people saw them going. They followed them there. My friends, there were 5,000 men. Not, just, uh, not the entire crowd, 5,000 men plus women and children. So Jesus has compassion on them, begins to teach and preach. They're there all day. You ready to be here all day? We got food. They preach to them all day. 
And the disciples come and say, Lord, you need to send the people away. It's getting towards evening. The people are getting hungry. They need to go get food. And Jesus says, you feed them. How, how are we going to feed them? If 200 denarii would not feed them. What do you have here? Five loaves of bread and two fish. That's what they have. Jesus says, get it. So they bring it. He blessed it, broke it, gave it to them. So they just start breaking the bread off and giving it to them. They set them down in groups of 50 and 100. Imagine, what an amazing miracle. You have part of a loaf of bread. You break it off, boom, another appears. Right? You break it off, another appears. You break it off, another appears. That's what happened. 5,000 men plus women and children ate from five loaves and two fish. What an awesome success story, right? And 12 baskets full were picked up. So then he says, get in the boat. Get in the boat. Go to Bethsaida. He goes off to pray. What happens when they get in the boat? Many of you know the story. What happened? Storm come up. So they went from this great success, going out two by two, this great success, feeding 5,000, they get in this boat, struggle comes. The winds increase, the waves increase. They're out there struggling. So they're thinking it's a failure, right? No, my friends, it's the process. Sometimes the success is in the process. The process that we have to go through. We don't always live on that mountaintop where we're out there in the cities preaching and teaching and casting out demons or we're feeding five thousands, the process can be the success. The success was getting in the boat. Jesus said, get in the boat, there's the success. They obeyed and got in the boat. Elijah, was it Elijah or Elisha that had the widow that was poor and destitute, ready to lose all? Elisha says, go gather vessels. She went to her neighbors and gathered as many vessels as she could. And they just kept pouring and filled all those pots out of one pot of oil. Enough to keep her and her son for many years. Where was the success? In the process of obeying and going and gathering the vessels. My friends, our lives, our faith journey can be the success when we say, Yes, Lord. When we say, Yes, Lord, and get in the boat. Yes, Lord, and gather the vessels. And yes, Lord, and go wherever He calls us to go. That is the success. It is the journey. It's the journey that many of these people that wrote the hymns have experienced. They said, yes, Lord. It's the one that says, yes, it is well with my soul after all was taken from him. And it is well with my soul. Lost his wife and his family. But he could still say, it is well with my soul. Is it well with your soul today? You have success if you have Jesus and obey Him. Amen?